What's up, everybody? This is Phil Rogacki. And I'm Jared Abergina. You're listening to Two Tree Guys Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Phil Rogacki. And Jared my boy, Abergina. Jared Abergina. I was going to introduce <laughs> you. Man, why is our introduction suck? I was going to introduce you, but I'm not We have no game you. plan to this. Jared the Wizard Abracagina. <laughs> is here uh but man another uh great podcast show that we're bringing you guys um you know if you guys have never tuned into the show we got a few episodes we got our mic drop episode that we go over marketing sales uh that comes out you know at least once a month we got our short what's your stories uh traveling around to different trade shows we have little 15 20 minutes for the industry to be able to have an opportunity to be able to tell their stories. Every single person out there has an awesome, amazing story uh, about somebody, how they got in the industry, a mentor that took them under their wings to be able to teach them. Uh, and they got to share it, you know, and um, the, the gentleman on today, I got an opportunity to spend some time hearing his story and we haven't posted it yet because we wanted to bring him in and hear his full story. Uh, we only got, you know, the cliff note versions and it was really good. And then lastly, our, our full episode, which is this in the podcast studio in Santa Rosa, California, uh, with some beer, with uh, goats, with <laughs> climbing, with training, all sorts of different awesome things here. And if you guys have never been out here to Santa Rosa, you know, I say this and one day I may... <clears throat> Wish I didn't say it, but if you're traveling through and you need a place, uh, we'll put you up for a night or two, uh, but you can't live here. But uh, we have a bunkhouse that sits 28 beds. Uh, you can have the top bunk. Jared has the bottom bunk. That's what he prefers. Uh, I don't know what that means, but it means something from here. But uh, uh, And then also, too, share the freaking show, guys. We don't ask for any freaking money. Uh, and these shows cost a lot to produce. A lot of time is put in. Uh, to make these for you guys so you can hear your story and other people's stories that are out there. So all we ask, if you're listening to this, share it. Share it on your page. Tag us in it. Um, that's it, man. Let's, you know, our industry is such an awesome, badass industry and a lot of people don't know it. So let's, let's top Joe Rogan. Let's be, you know, sponsored by Spotify so we can get the word out to the world about our awesome, badass industry. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. But today... We're joined by Mr. Bill Burley. Do we get a clap, Bob? Hey. No, wait, hey. Usually it comes through. <laughs> you guys can't hear it online. There we go. There, there we go. There we go. But, you know, Bill Burley, uh, lead trainer for Mowbray's uh, Tree Service, uh, leads up the strike team. Now the equipment manager. Gee, thanks. And today you were promoted to uh, the saluting branch branch general manager of leading that whole uh, organization that's going to be coming here on Saturday down in Redlands, correct? So it, uh, I'm going to be taking lead on the event that's going to be in Riverside. Riverside. R Riverside. We are talking, you live by Redlands. Yes. We live yep. by Redlands. Uh, and tell us a little bit about the saluting branches. So Saluting Branch is a uh, Washington, D.C.-based organization. Um, there once a di one, one time a year, uh, you get volunteers to go and uh, trim, remove uh, trees from uh, the national cemeteries. Nice, nice. So this, it happens on the same day all around the country. It's a coordinated event. It's actually a really, really big thing to, to have happen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's um, for once an honor. 
Yeah. And you get to lead the whole thing. I get to, I, you know, uh, Ricky was not very forthcoming with what I was actually <laughs> going to be doing. But uh, after I said yes and found out the hard way, it's, uh-huh. you know, it's, but, it'll probably be the most rewarding thing when you get done, you know, with that. It know? is. Um, you know, I'm not much of a party planner. But uh, I think I'm gonna have to figure it out pretty quick. You're just you're just a partier. Yeah, <laughs> those days are gone. But yeah. you know, I think I can figure it out. But uh, I have a really good team behind me. Sluting Branches does uh, supply a lot of support, um, and then I have the Marbury's team, and then the uh, other volunteers that we're bringing in to to help with that event. Good, good, well, good, man. Well, I'm excited you you're here. We gave a little tour of the Academy Ranch and. Walked around. Uh, we got some pad thai served tonight, made by uh, world famous chef Molly. Molly, shout out to you in the crowd. Whoop whoop. Oh man, uh, so good. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. It's the best. It's the best. I'm, I'm happy to be up here. I mean, how long have we been talking for me to come take a trip up oh, here? And it's been a while. Man. It's uh, the first opportunity, and you know, this is uh, it's impressive. Thanks, I really, it's really impressive. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, it's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and ideas, and failures and wins and and just what what we have to work with being able to build this with love you know, yeah that's out here well it's a really good program I mean, you know probably one of the best instructors out there you know don't get oh. your head in the oh thing. thank you I, oh me yeah, yeah, oh no, no him by by far <laughs> no you know you know it, it takes it takes an entire team to do this you know I've, I've tried to do this on my own and it doesn't work you know, you got to have you got to have a team to do something yeah, like that. Yeah, you got a pretty decent yeah. team up here to do that with. You got to mm-hmm. have a team, yeah. So so let's uh let's get in your story. Let's let's talk about Bill. I mean, the man, I mean, you're a Teufelberger ambassador. I see you at every single trade show. I see you all over online. You just two guys just came up to you and were like, "Oh, hey, I follow you online." I'm like, "You're you're Instagram famous." <laughs> you're the Facebook famous. Insta famous, that's uh-huh. a word. Well, um, I know people know me, mm-hmm. and I know some people follow me, but um, that whole online presence thing is all kind of, it's all new. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't do a lot with it. I'll post some pictures up, forward out some, and share some other things, and, uh, you know, butt my opinion in every now and then on certain things. But um, I don't really consider that a really big presence, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that's not a, super important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting the right information out there, getting people to to understand where you're trying to come from with the safety aspect and training aspect. That's a good platform to start with. Yeah, and it gets the conversation started. Mm-hmm. So that's where that's the online presence. I guess you know well, went from well, you have fans. Yeah, you have yeah fans. I guess. I know. Um, and you, you have Treetopia you're going to be going to, and I'm sure you're going to turn into one of the main attractions. Oh, well, I'm always the main attraction. <laughs> so are, 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 you, are you teaching at Treetopia? Not at this minute, but um, we do have our, our little uh, game that we're going to be playing at the booth. And you um, say we, that's for uh, For Tufelburger, yeah. yeah. It's uh, Tufelburger or Tufelburger? It all depends on how you want to say it. it you're from the it, south it, or the tufel- north? Tufel- you're Tufel or Tufel? The the real Tomato, name Teufelberger. Teufelberger. That's how you say it over in uh, in Europe. Yeah. Uh, here, everyone says Teufelberger, Turtleburger, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Truffle <laughs> Butter. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you want to say it. It's what is all... the, what does the word mean? I'm not really sure. Hmm. Not hmm. really sure. Right. I know it's a family name. If anybody uh, uh, knows what that, oh, it's a family name. It's a family name. Florian okay. Teufelberger. Florian Teufelberger is uh, running the company right now, and it's been a family company the entire time. When, so when would the company start? 
a long time ago. A long time it's, ago. Did, uh, did it always start start as a rope company? It started as a fiber company mm-hmm. uh, with and also wire rope, but mm-hmm. a very long. I think it's approaching two hundred years. Wow. It might be a little bit under, or a little bit more, mm-hmm. but it's approaching two hundred years. Wow. That's a long time. No, it's been around a long time and uh, family owned the entire time. And how long you been an ambassador for them? Officially? Yeah. Uh, about about a year, maybe two. Unofficially? Unofficially been in there about five years. Five years. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, kind of mm-hmm. staying behind the scenes, you know, helping with market development, mm-hmm. uh, product development as well, um, mm-hmm. but making sure that they're going the right direction. Uh, there was a big change. Everyone knows who used to be the main marketing manager for the United States. Uh, and when she was, uh, re- when she moved on and they replaced her, uh, Jason uh, Lagu had very little knowledge uh, yeah. coming from Whirlpool. Yeah. Uh, so he can- we kind of collaborated quite often mm-hmm. um, on how to kind of flow into this industry and mm-hmm. who to talk to, you know, who to get in with and. Yeah. Kind of steer them in the right direction. Who who was they, the they really girl that, that left? Uh, Regina. And yeah. that, that that's when I was working with Teufelberger, and when yeah. he, when when she left was when I, you know, gotcha. parted as well. Gotcha. Was she yeah. with the company for a long time? Not, not long. Not, not long. long. I would no. say between three to five years. Yeah. But she made but an impact. She made an impact. impact. Yeah. She did really good. I mean, yeah. where's she at now? Not really sure. She's doing. Uh, I think she's an she engineer. Works for, she works for, for Whirlpool in construction management. No, that no. was Jason Legu. Oh. Gotcha. Yeah, Jason's from Whirlpool, and then you have Ludo, who everybody knows Ludo. Mm-hmm. Um, Ludo is awesome. Mm-hmm. Jason's an awesome guy, but Ludo, he he's the life of the party. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've seen that guy in the last two years come from, you know, just being a, just being a uh, tree care marketing manager to where he's at now, where he actually he's climbing. He's out there, you know, helping guys. He's out there getting this. He's actually going to get his European tree worker certification nice. here this upcoming week. Mm. Like that's, like he's yeah. really taking it to really it's taking his stride. Taking part. Yeah. yeah. So how, how'd you get in this industry, man? How'd, how'd you? Not by choice. No. <laughs> um, so I've been around a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, started this when I was 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't much going on. I played baseball. I was a pretty hardcore baseball player back in uh, Rhode Island. And there really wasn't much for, you know, kids to do for job-wise. So uh, we had a family friend who was second-generation tree. And um, I started working there in the summers when I could, when I wasn't playing ball, yeah. which was, I mean, the first <laughs> couple of summers was pretty me- meager because I was playing on two different traveling teams at the time. Double session practices twice a week, you know, it was, it was tough, but I still managed to do it on the weekends and when I wasn't traveling. And then – uh it started out as, uh, and I'm going to give Bob Verrier a shout out for this one because uh, this guy's probably the one. There's been, there's been a lot of major influences in my life, but this guy really did that work ethic. Mm-hmm. From the beginning, it was boy chop wood, mm-hmm. boy drag brush. For the first three years, I didn't touch a chainsaw. You know, I was split wood all the way through the winters. You know, not with a splitter, by with, a, with a maul, <laughs> yeah. flinging great, that thing. Great for the baseball swing, by yes, the way. Is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. My dad used to make me do that shit when I was a kid, Yep. and I hated it. And he's like, it's good for your wrist. Snap that wrist, yeah. you know. Yep, but. get that whole body thrust into it and split mm-hmm. that stuff. <laughs> um, so it started with boy chop wood and boy mm-hmm. drag brush. 
and then uh, progressed into uh, fixing. We had a bunch of, of uh, 1979, 80 beaver chippers. Uh, and yeah. he had a whole bunch of those in the back lot that were uh. meant for parts. And that's how I learned how to, to really start fixing things. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you want to work the next day, that chipper better be fixed. That's it. And I remember the one time, the one thing that really sticks out is um, we had to change the disc out. Mm-hmm. And he had one chipper back there that had been sitting there for God knows, God knows how long, right? <laughs> he gives me a three-quarter inch uh, socket set, you know, three-quarter inch ratchet. Yeah. Big, uh, I, I want to say it was probably a two-and-a-half-inch uh, socket on there and a 10-foot pipe. Mm-hmm. Big, big, I do, breaker bar. Yep, big breaker bar. And uh, I remember really trying to i was out there for a couple of days trying to break, to free those nuts you know mm-hmm. but it that was the first like this is your work ethic this is how you're supposed to do things you do it till it's done mm-hmm. and i remember crashing this uh skitter and uh that didn't go over very well and i learned how to weld and braze at that time <laughs> there i am redoing the cage you know 16 years old brazing and welding the cage back together because yeah. i just crushed it yeah. <laughs> and then uh you know like you say, you learn from your failures, and yeah. I remember uh, I was—I uh, just got my license, and I was delivering firewood, and he had old old equipment, right? I remember I cut it a little too close to this tree backing up. I took the mirror right off the truck, and we're talking not just—it wasn't just the uh, the mirror that's attached to the sail panel, right? This is the one with the bracing going down the side oh, of the yeah. door. So I peeled that peeled door, door right off. open. <laughs> I remember driving back, and I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't even say anything. I parked in the back, uh, and I left. Next to that yeah. old chipper. <laughs> I just left. Didn't say anything, right? I get a phone call about an hour later, and I could just hear him. You know, I could, I'm not even saying hello yet. He's already yelling. Well, learned how to put a new door on, paid for that door. Yeah. So that, you know, teaches you how to pay for your mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just went from there. And... uh <laughs> Got done with Bob after uh, I think I was nineteen. Where's Bob now? Bob still he still has his business. Yeah. Um, he wow. morphed though. So uh, kiln dried firewood is a huge thing in the Northeast. Hmm. So Bob had you know obviously the labor market was going down and he didn't have really any help to carry on the business. So he went into the firewood. He's got these massive processors now, splitting tables sorting tables etc he's got like seven or eight kilns on the property wow and he cornered the market in the northeast for the restaurants Hmm. so now he's providing kiln drying firewood to the majority of the restaurants between connecticut rhode island massachusetts and uh, new hampshire wow that is insane innovator yep yeah he's doing he's doing awesome found it it's funny (laughs) because kiln dried kiln dried dried firewood. firewood yep Killing dried oh firewood. Who would have thought? I know. And it's working. He's making money. I wonder who the firewood, kiln dried firewood provider in California is. You know, everything's dry already. <laughs> you don't need to kill <laughs> Your drying season's not very yeah, it's long. Tinderbox so. standing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you, you. <laughs> but uh, I hadn't seen Bob in a long time. And mm-hmm. uh, back in 2019, I would happen to be in Rhode Island. And I just happened to come across him. He called me and uh, we went out to lunch. And he's sitting down with me at lunch, and he goes, you know, he goes, if I ever had any idea that you were going to be what you are now, uh-huh. you would have never left. <laughs> I wouldn't have let you go anywhere. Yeah. I'm like, well, is that a compliment? I said, well, you know, it should be a compliment to him because he's the one that put me on the right path. Yeah. He was the first one yeah. to put me in a tree, first one to put a set of spikes on me, 
first one to show me how to make a rope saddle. Yeah. Like an actual rope saddle just from a rope. You know, how to tie the taut line on there. Mm-hmm. Which I which I climbed on the taut line for ten years. Wow. Before I moved out of it. You know, yeah. and it's always the go to to go back if mm-hmm. uh you feel things getting a little shaky, you know, go back uh-huh. to the taut line. <laughs> but uh first guy he first guy who held me top a tree. I did a removal. It was a, uh, I remember Johnson's Pond in Coventry. I remember Clear as Day, 18-inch, uh, little white pine. Small, you know, probably 45 feet. But, man, I butt-hitched that thing over the wrong way. It caught. Sent me for a friggin' ping-pong paddle ride. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, got the tree done. You know, first guy put me in the how'd tree. You, how'd you feel after that? Well, I'm still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not doing the equipment management thing. <laughs> Um, there's nothing better than now. That. What'd you? Why, why'd you leave there? Where'd you go? I after think that? it was progressive. After that, I went to um, a smaller company, Lawrence Tree Care. Uh, Mark Lawrence uh, was one of the only certified arborists in the state, and he went to a college in New York to learn arboriculture. And I just by chance, I mean, Rhode Island's really small. You don't have that many companies around, mm-hmm. or should I say, there's not that many companies you should work for. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's a better way yeah. of putting it right yeah. um so i went to mark because i just i just it was that time you know left yeah. bobby found someone else to pick up with and uh i learned a lot from them yeah. I, I learned a lot from mark and uh he's actually working for my buddy derek now as a consultant and um <laughs> <laughs> um so he's still in the business yeah. uh he's got his own stories you know he guy had a really bad injury uh on the face um big learning mistakes you know stuff to teach on and he does a great job teaching about that you know and yeah. great guy to learn from that guy taught me a lot about tree biology he taught me a lot about proper climbing technique uh positioning and that was like the first like away from the old school techniques so like here's the way things should be done this is safer mm-hmm. right so I stayed with Mark for a little bit. What was his last name again? Lawrence. Mark Lawrence. Mark, Mark Lawrence. Lawrence. Yep. Yeah. And he's still around doing work too. Yep, he is. Out of out of Rhode Island. He's out of he's out of Coventry now. Works Coventry. for Warwick okay. Warwick Tree Service. Um, great dude. Loves to share his knowledge. Right. You so still I've, talk to him? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. I how, still. How long I, ago was this? God, it had to be uh, 2004, around there. Done some time. Yeah. Had to be about 2004. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Done some time? I'm like, you're showing your age, man. That's just, <laughs> well, we well, both are showing it's, our it's, age. It's, okay. I'm trying to hide it right now. You're, yeah. on the, you're, on the, you're on the spotlight, not on yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> But, you know, 2004, I'm thinking it's like two years ago, it feels like. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like no, it's been a long, it feels like I'm a like, long time. Book. It's 18 years ago. Yeah. Damn. It feels like a long time. So it started, you know, dabbling around in 94. You know, and uh, quickly once I once I got out of high school, I quickly kept going up, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I got done with Mark, and um, I moved on to Northeastern Tree, which is a at the time was a very large company. Mm-hmm. Um, was a foreman for them. Uh, did a lot with them. I trained a lot of people there. One of them actually runs a Diamont now, and we subcontracted Marbury subcontracted Northeastern because they have a Diamont, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the Diamont came out, and I get a phone call, and Jay Damon is running the Diamont. And he's like, hey. I'm like, all the way from Rhode, 
Rhode Island? Comes in subcontracts. No, I had no clue. Oh, right. I had no cool. idea this was going to happen. So wow. I get a phone call from uh, Kevin King, who's our me- mechanized manager. Yeah. He goes, hey, do you know uh, Jay Damon? I'm like, yep. He goes, and he asked me if I knew a guy named Alan. I'm like, Big Alan? He goes, yep. I said, the mechanic Alan? He goes, yep. I said, I've known those guys a better part of my adult life. Mm-hmm. And I trained Jay on how to climb back in That's probably cool. 2005, 2006. Wow. And he still, he went on uh, through Northeast and um, just completely just went up through the ranks. And, and how top. many people did he train that train? You know, like tr- taking that time for that one person yep. and spending that time to train him. It went full circle. Yep. And now he's subbing for you. But that right there, what you just <laughs> said, right? And I, I know Jared will attest to this. What you just said right there, how many guys did that one person train? Yeah. Right, so it's all about getting that proper training, that inherent training, right? Getting rid of that complacency when you're training somebody, mm-hmm. right? Because he was watching me in the tree, and if I'm doing something wrong, he's gonna think it's right because I'm supposed to be training him, so he's gonna go ahead and do it. It spreads, and it keeps on going down. It may not be me that gets hurt doing my shortcut. It might not be him that gets hurt doing my shortcut. Maybe not three or four people down the line, but eventually. That mm-hmm. shortcut's going to kiss someone in the ass. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be on that's the person good. who did the original training. Right. Right? So that's why it's important for trainers, especially, mm-hmm. you better be on point. Mm-hmm. Right? Safest work practices. Mm-hmm. Compliance work practices. You know, opinion stays out of it. And you can have an opinion on what you think is the best. As long as it's safe and compliant, yeah, if it checks all the boxes. But you got to remember, yep. can that guy replicate it? Right. Can that next guy replicate it? It's it's like kids. You know, you got kids around you. They're watching every move and every single thing you said. And all of a sudden you go, where'd you learn that freaking word? Dad. Yep. It's always me. Dad. (laughs) It's always. Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with, you know, the the apprentices you have out there in the field. They're watching every move. Well, Bill did it this way. I do it. Exactly. Mm. You know, and it might not be comfortable for me to do it. Sometimes the proper way, you know, how many times are we in the, are we still in the tree now? And, uh, we are totally comfortable grabbing that one hand mm-hmm. and reaching out there and making that cut with that chainsaw one handed. Mm-hmm. Is it safe? Yeah, it's safe enough. Right. You know, Anzai still gives you a little bit of room, wiggle room in there to do it. If, if it's the, the least hazardous way to do it. Right. But is it like, as Doug Tutrop would always say, you know, there's always better positioning. Yeah. Always yep. take your time and do it. Yeah, yep. you know, and uh, making sure you train the people to think like that, to think, oh well, I could just lay out right here and stretch out and make that cut, you know, and be done and out of here. You know, the way I look at that too is there, you know, you can't put a a gray area when it comes to some of these safety standards. You know, it has to be black and white because if you leave a gray, people will stay in that gray. Right. And and that's and it's a hard thing because we've all known we've been in positions in the tree where you're like, There is no fucking way right. that I'm gonna make that cut or get in that position because there's not. I'm sitting fifteen degrees out, I'm flat as shit, and there is no other way to get to that limb. And I'm all the way out there. If I move any further out there to get two hands, I'm gonna fall off or I'm gonna right. break this limb. Just an example. No, I right? no, no, but I, I but, like I like your side of this, right? So yeah. you say finite regulation now i'm on the opposite end of that because 
as a professional world, right? So let's take the European standards now, right? Mm -hmm. The European standards are really coming down the line and telling you what is right, what is wrong. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of room for the professional to make a decision on what's best suiting for that situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can have your rule book for, in my opinion, right? And that's what rules are just a whole bunch of opinions and you get, the consensus, right? That's how you come up with the rules and regulations. You have the consensus of best work practices throughout the whole industry. If you take away the ability for the person, the professional, to make a judgment decision, then who was held liable at the end of the day? The people right. making the regulations. 100%. Right? And that could that could end up being a really mess. That's, that's a lot of litigation mm-hmm. later in the... But behind that, the way you do something, Jared is not necessarily the same way I'm going to do something, but we have the same result with the same work practices, right? Yep. Maybe you're right up on it and you make the cut from the hip. Maybe I'm more comfortable making the cut between my, my pectorals and my hip, mm-hmm. right? But the standard says the hip. Yeah. But for me, I'm reaching down as opposed to being right here in a stable position. Yep. So, I mean, there, there, has to be a, there has to be a healthy balance between regulation, mm-hmm. finiteism, if that, mm-hmm. if if you can yeah. follow me on that, no, I agree 100. percent You know, I just, you know, I, I guess where I'm going with that is where, you know, there's there's so many situations that are out there that you can't cover in black and white, and but you can't make you can't keep gray areas because people right. will live in it, right? So, you know, being able to have these standards are great, but there are some times, yeah, you know, and and I'm not. I'm not preaching this. I'm not saying, hey, man, everybody go outside your standards. But, you know, everybody has to understand these are why standards were created is because the most incidences happen, right, within using, you know, tools or systems or whatever within these with these areas. And that's where people get hurt. Right. Right. So they create standards around them. So it's all statistics. So let, let, exactly. It's mm-hmm. all it's all numbers. But let's take that back before we get to those numbers. Right, so what if we take an attitude standard, right? Let's see, the the mean attitude is, well, I can live in the gray. Mm -hmm. Why can't the mean attitude be, let's go for the best work practices? And this is the the gray is the, oh, shit, I can't do best work practices, Mm -hmm. right? It's that mindset. It's the mindset, oh, I can get away with doing this instead of trying to do it better. Better, yeah. That's what needs to change is the attitude, the mindset the safety culture, right? Because yep. if, ha- if I'm sitting there thinking, well, I can do it like this because the standard says, you know, so I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to try to better myself to get better positioning. I'm not going to try mm-hmm. to get a better angle on this. I'm not going to put that second line in the tree to mm-hmm. V-rig myself in there mm-hmm. and be way more stable, yep. right? right? So it's that mindset. You have to get that mindset changed. You can change all the regulation in the world. Oh, I mean, yeah. look at us now. Yeah. We have Anzai, right? Now, how do you, yeah. how do you get that mindset changed? That's that's probably the toughest question to answer that you're ever going to ask. But if it's anybody t- can answer thing it, to change. if anybody yeah, it can is. answer it, you yeah. can answer it. Like new so, person, someone in 20 years, they're coming in. Well, that's that's a whole that? other thing. So you have the new person, right, with yeah. zero experience. That's the easy one because you set them off on the right. You set them off on the right path from the beginning. Teach them through your mistakes. This is what I was doing. This is what ended up happening. This is how I fixed it. This is where. This is why you should do it like this, right? So everyone's got to learn from 
when you, when you're fresh, you have to learn from other people's mistakes. Mm-hmm. When you have a 20 year vet, unfortunately, without knowing somebody or having it happen to you, you're not going to change that mindset because it's going to be the consistent. Well, I've been getting away with it for 20 years. You have to either know somebody that has been hurt or you have to been hurt yourself in order for that to change. You have to have some personal connection to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, everyone knows. I mean, I had a, a pretty nasty accident in 2018. Everyone knows this. I don't know this. I had a, a pretty bad one. What happened? I got trapped under a rigging line. How did this happen? And how was complacency. Complacency? Complacency. You can hear on the unedited version of the video, you can hear me talking to my ground guys. I was working for a landscaper. Uh, my buddy Jake's tree company, but we had a bunch of landscapers working with us. Mm-hmm. Never run a GRCS before, thank God. Like that's that's what really saved my ass. Um, but you can hear me on the video saying, "Oh, my rigging, my um, my rigging's too flat. My my ring is too far away. I should put a tagline on this." You you hear me going through the whole thing before I make this cut. I had real shitty positioning when I was making the cut, uh, and I knew it. I, you heard me just before I make the cut. I said, let it run a little bit because I don't want it to come back on me. You hear me call it out before I make the cut. You knew it might come back. I already knew it. I already knew it. And you because I've made this cut a thousand times on the American Elm, I figured I could swing it. This limb was big. This limb was probably about 30 feet How long. many other times did you think? You could swing it and it worked that way. Or every time, every time, every time, you were just like, right. I never, I never had it come back and do what it did, never. But I didn't take all the factors in. But play. you had a feeling that it might. Yeah, because I said it, but I still did it, right? Because I get away with it all those times before. Yeah, that gut feeling. You you fought it. Yeah, I went against what feeling, I I went yeah. against my better judgment and I still did it. So what what's the advice out there when when that stuff goes through your head like that? Because I'm sure everybody is making that cut and that thing pops up. That little guy or so voice. This is this. Let me let me go through this and you'll understand. I'll answer that question. Okay. So I made the cut and you can see on the helmet cam video the line comes right across, traps my saw arm, puts the saw into my gut. Thank God the uh, inertia brake worked because the, the bar was in my stomach and it was revved up. It was pegged. The rope came across and pegged my finger where it was on the trigger. And you can hear it just absolutely screaming with the uh, brake engaged. Trapped my arm. Trapped my leg. No reason it break. It didn't shatter my leg because my spike was on, pressed up against the, the trunk. And the load line had me under a 1,500-pound piece. Fortunately... The uh, the way the line came across, my tie-in point was by my rigging point. So I was able to pull my way out because I had a three-to-one setup. It was a long limb walk on SRS. I had the three-to-one setup. I was able to pull myself out from underneath it. And you can see my wrist is snapped, trying to start the saw. So I doesn't want to start. Finally get it started, hit it, hit the load line, let the piece fall down, throw the saw out of the tree, and uh, self self come down. But fortunately, the, the ground team had no idea how to use GRCS. Because if they had let that thing run, it would have burned right through me. It, that's how much tension was on it from the angle coming down and then where it was resting below it. It would have burned right through my leg. It would have burned through my arm. It would have went right to the bone and probably threw it. There was that much weight and that much distance from me to the ground. But that night, after got all set and done at the hospital, that night, um, Doug Tutrop called me. 
because uh, he heard through the grapevine something happened. And uh, you know Dougie, you know Dougie. Everyone knows Doug. Doug's a great dude. Called me, goes, I don't care what happened. I don't care what, uh, you know, injuries. And we don't want to talk about that. He goes, I want to talk about your mindset before that cut was made. And we just went through it. He goes, so you're in the flow. I'm like, yeah. He goes, uh, go buy some uh, quad lock carabiners. And that's what I did. And I asked him why. And he said, because it breaks that cycle. Because you have to sit there. You're used to using the triple action. Right? So up, open, done. This one requires that, that second uh, thought process to twist, pull up, push back, do it again. Right? To open it up. So it breaks that mentality, it breaks that cycle. And I did it. But uh, coming from that, it was, okay, so if something so simple breaks that cycle, why did I continue doing that cut? And it was because I was complacent because I kept on doing it. My head was like this, right? I made that cut a thousand times. That, it was the deciding moment that safety was going to take paramount. That was going to be the focus from now on, right? I can still do work. I can still do production. I can still make things happen. I can still train. I can still do all this, but it's going to be doing the best work practices now. This isn't going to happen again. I'm not going to sit there and say my rigging my rigging's too flat. It's too far out. I'm not going to sit there and say that anymore. I should have went back up there and moved the ring. I should have put a tagline on that. I should have made that cut smaller, yeah. right? That's what I know what I should have done. And now it's not going to happen again. It's going to be done because, once again, mm-hmm. guys, a lot of experience. It took that incident for that to change. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. That's, what, that's what it is. I mean, that's the toughest question. How do you get people to think? You'd- you know, I mean, uh, you have your, your, your ground men there that, that don't know. They don't know how to run a GRCS. But yet, you're, you know, you're going up. I mean, each team member do you have a backup climber? Do you have someone that can There was really, nobody. There was nobody there was that nobody. could save you. Nobody. Right? It so, was either myself or the fire department. And God, we all know what would happen then. Yeah. yeah. It's done. Yep. You yeah. know, he- hearing that out there, you know, I've heard this many times. Is like, yeah, he's he's an apprentice climber, but I don't think he could save me. But yet they go up in the tree, mm-hmm. you know. How do we improve that? How do we make sure that our team's equipped to do every aspect of that job to get that tree down that you can trust every single person when you have a large company and guys are coming in and out and teams are switching up and then you have to perform this work to do this. And like, how do you, how do you still go to work every day, keep the production going yet you don't trust everybody because you have only known Jose and Mike for a month. That's now on your crew. So let's take care of rescue. Okay. So with us, Marbury's, we are training them once a year, right? What we're supposed to do, making sure they still understand the fundamentals, make sure they still do it. It's up to the foreman to give these guys some time to practice on the day. But we took it the next step. So I, in my truck, uh, in my personal truck, I have my red bag, right? So it's a it's a Tufelberger CE climb kit set up in a three to one configuration. We've adopted that type of configuration in our company. So now, um, I mean, this is, it's not a, uh, it's not a replacement for training. 
It's not. It's not a replacement for making sure your crews are made up the proper way with competent people. Mm-hmm. It's an extra set of. It's an extra tool to help that crew achieve a goal. So we've come up with a standard. Um, if there's two qualified climbers on the site, you don't need to put it in the tree, right? Because you have a qualified climber. But the foreman could always make the decision to put it in the tree if you wanted to. If there's a, if you're on a two-man crew and you're climbing, this will be in the tree at all times. The foreman dictates where it's going to go, how it's set up. But now it allows even the biggest ground person with the with zero climbing experience to pull himself up there and to, to achieve a goal if he so sees fit. Otherwise, you're not going to achieve that goal. You know, if you have just a regular climbing kit sitting there on the ground with no throw line put in or nothing like that, it's not going to happen. So adopting, and we're still working out the bugs with the with the union and everything else about, you know, what's acceptable for non-climbers to be doing and stuff like that. We're working on it. Slow process, you know, glacial speed. But the idea is that if this is in the tree, then we have a better chance of something ha- of something being accomplished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without it, it's not going to happen. So it's it, it's a slow mindset change. It's a slow change within standard and procedures. Uh, obviously, nothing replaces training. Nothing. Mm-hmm. But it's tough because, you know, you have so many hours in the week. Mm-hmm. Most times, you're not going to get paid for training during the week. Most times. Your clients don't want you training on site because yeah. you're now you're, you know, you're taking away from their money. They're yeah. not getting their money's and worth. it's a liability. Yeah, and it's yeah. a liability. Yeah. So there's a lot of challenges. You know, we've also looked at, uh, we, we started doing, before COVID, we started doing uh, rec climb days on the weekends. Nice. And that was a good opportunity for guys who wanted to get other time with the trainers. We would go out, set up at a park, and uh, who wants to go? Mm-hmm. You know, and it worked out well. And then COVID hit and kind of everything came to a screeching yeah. halt. Um, we had, uh, for our company, um, we had our incident last year. You know, widely known throughout the industry that we had a really major incident. Uh, it gave us an opportunity to take the entire Southern California Edison group and retrain. We had 88 days down. Every single day during the week, Monday through Friday, we were training everything from from your basic ground operations to climbing, to aerial rescue, to first aid, you name it, we were training it, and we drilled it. And now our Edison group, uh, our incident rates are way down. Our our uh, what what do you want what do you want to call them? Incidental injuries like yeah. sprains, strains, right. they're way down. Um, we're not having a lot of uh, third party audits come back with major deficiencies. We're talking really minor deficiencies, which is always a good thing to see that you know it's nothing. Too severe, like fire extinguisher out of date or yeah. oil tags missing off the can, you know, stuff like that. Wheels not turned. So it, it's good to see that that's working. Mm-hmm. Um, now we have to promote that company wide. And that's just from 88 days of training. 88 days of training. Um, we took a situation. So now, now what's the training like going forward in all divisions for that to where you don't have to have a stand down? You don't have to have a major in- injury to train. What type of training is implemented now? It's the same training protocols that we've had before the incident. Um, it's just now we're pushing them a lot harder. Yeah. Now when we do have deficiencies come in, it is 
straight to the point. Here's your toolbox the next day. We're not going to work until we go through it. We're having the 10-minute meeting in the yard, you know, with the, the small training and then targeted individualized training. Gotcha. So now so, we're going out. So 88 days, what does that accumulate to hours for each individual? No, I don't even know. 40 does. How many people are there? Okay. So 300, Say, let's just say 300 hours. Okay. 300 times 8 times 88. What's that number? I don't know. <laughs> Who's going to calculate it? 300 times 8 is 24, 2400 times 8. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> six, 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 Take the square six, root. Six, oh, gosh. 16. <laughs> Bob, what's 18, that number? 18, 300, 18, 300 times 88 times, let's say, 8. I don't know, let me pull out my phone. Yeah, all right, gonna, all right, we'll get it's it. It's on recording. I got it right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can keep talking. We don't yeah, yeah we don't have to wait for that answer. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, we took a bad situation made it, and turned it into something that we could really use. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, once again, it took an incident like that to make it happen. It always does. Yeah. You know, you know how many times I've said, I'll never do it again. God, I promise I'll never do it again, you know, just in because an incident had to happen to scare me enough not to do something again, you know, kind of thing. Um, and same with that. What on that note, what is um, what really was effective for the Edison, for the SoCal Edison team was it did affect everybody. You know, when you have a company wide stand down, you know, so we have our clients. So our one our SoCal Edison client, we got stood down. It affects everybody. Yeah. Right. A lot of guys knew the guys who got hurt. So that affects everybody. Yeah. So what numbers did you want? 388 times what? 388 times, uh, uh, no, yeah, 88 times times 300. 300 times 8. That's 211,200. 211,200. That's what I said. And then times that by, let's say, so 88 times 300 times 8. That's something thousand. Yeah. That's, that's 1.6. It's 211,200. And then times it by 1,000. That's, that's a bazillion. That's 211,200,000. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. It's a lot. Cool. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of hours. It's a ton of hours. Yep. So how, how'd you get out here to the West Coast? So that's another interesting story. So uh, I was back working at Warwick Tree and was with Tufberger, you know, at the uh, expo and got talking. I mean, I've known Ricky. I've known of Ricky, Ricky Marbury for a long time. You think we can get him on the podcast? You probably could. I think you could. Been, I, do, we that, gotta, do we got to go down there? Most likely. He's very busy. Yeah? Yeah, yeah he's maybe, busy. Maybe we'll do a road show down there. Absolutely. Next time you guys have a big event or party at the corporate office or whatever, we'll come down and be a part of it. There's no more room for partying in the corporate. I mean, we're, we're cleaning out of closets now to put more staff. <laughs> um, I mean, everyone's known of Ricky, mm-hmm. right? Ricky's the forerunner with utility safety and, you know, getting the work done. You know, being a crane guy himself, being a climber himself, very well respected. So I knew of Ricky for a long time, but I finally got to meet Ricky, thanks to Solomon. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I met Ricky, 
it was kind of a, you know, just um top level thing. It wasn't really, it wasn't jiving at the time. Yeah. But then uh, John Stedman had me come out for uh, About Trees and um, things just, you know, we were working. It was good. It was really good. And I got involved with the Butte program and got to sit with Ricky. And then, so the, we started talking and uh, things were starting to make a lot of sense. And he's like, uh, well, you should just come on down. So I went down we sat down, we talked and um, I was doing some work with them on a helicopter program uh, to get them up and started for uh, an Edison program. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's pg e program. Yeah. And uh, so just one thing led to another. And then uh, I went down there, sat with him and he just kind of said to me, he goes, Hey, uh, you know Eric Palacio? I'm like, yeah, Eric's like one of my best friends. And he goes, uh, he's coming on board. I'm like, no, he's not. Because Eric hadn't said anything to me at this point. Yeah. So I call Eric in front of Ricky. I'm like, hey, I'm, like, I'm, I'm sitting with Ricky right now. I was, oh, dude, just sign it, whatever. Just sign whatever. Just get on board. <laughs> that sounds it's going to be me like and you. Him. It's going to be me and you. <laughs> bro, Come on, bro, boy. bro, bro, do it bro. now. Yeah. Do it now. Just do yeah, it now. Just, just sign it. whatever awesome. he puts in front of you. I'm like, okay, click. Uh-huh. I'm like, all right, Ricky, what, what do you got? Uh-huh. And then from there, it was on. Nice. And, uh, the start of the next week. And when was this? What year was this? That was in November of 2019. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it, it was pretty, it was, uh, and I was out there for about trees, working up in paradise, and just things, just the right time. Together. The right time. Then you moved your whole family out here. Yep. And you got your family here today. Yep. No, some of them are here. Some of them Some are of them are here. <laughs> some of them are here. Yeah. But yeah, it was, um, it was a good time. Uh, a lot of times doors open, and a lot of times you don't walk through them, and then you kick yourself in the ass. Mm-hmm. This is one of those times I wasn't going to do that. Now, now tell us about Mowbrays. I mean, some of these people don't know Mowbrays, but they're, they're you guys are an enormous company. You guys have probably the most cranes out here, and probably some of the, the most equipment out here. Uh, yeah. I remember talking to Ricky, and he's like, how many Cinnabogas do you have? I got nine. I got that. And he's like, you just kept getting stuff. I'm like, holy crap. Like, yeah. like I got an all box. I got that. I mean, this is when everybody was buying up this equipment right. for all the fire stuff for that. And I'm just going, holy smokes. But So, Marbury's started in 72 uh, with John and Gloria, the Ricky's parents. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, hold on. No, Rick's parents. Rick's sorry. Parents. Rick's, Ricky's dad's parents. His grandparents. His grandparents. Sorry. Grandparents. It's tough when you have two people the same name, you know. Um, started in 72, uh, kept it still a family business uh, until recently when, um, well, it's still family owned. Yeah. Uh, but now we're moving towards more corporate structure. Um, they still keep the family mentality. And uh, I believe it was 2006, uh, the Marbury's got their Edison contract. And from there, it just progressively got bigger and bigger so and bigger. 2006 was it? I believe so. I'm not sure. Sh- I believe it's okay. 2006. Somewhere around there. Yeah. And it just boomed. Oh, yeah. It just boomed. Boomed. But you have a, a family-run company with people who know how to cut and mm-hmm. people who know how to climb. So you have the cutters running a company. We all know that, you know, tree cutters aren't normally the best company runners. We mm-hmm. all know that. Right. But they do a really good job. Ricky, Rick was in charge before, and then Ricky's in charge now. They do a really, really good job. Mm-hmm. And uh, they always keep the employee, you know, in the mind. What's best for the employee? The best gear. You know, okay. we provide the best gear 
that we can put our money on for every climber, That's right. every groundman. Makes a big difference. Makes a huge difference. You know, and then um, we attracted, the, they attracted the talent to go with it. You know, I like to say it, I got, I got one of the best teams in the industry. You got Axel, Axel Avila running safety. Mm-hmm. In, man, I mean, if you don't know Axel, you need that. You need I, to know I don't Axel. know Axel. You need to know Axel. I haven't even got the chance to meet Ricky. We've we've talked on the phone and text back and forth, you know, but I still haven't I still haven't met the guy. When you're talking safety, yeah, Ricky did an awesome job as safety director, but Axel's a whole another world. Axel's like he's up here. Everyone really? else, when it comes to safeties, so what here. what what separates him from everybody else then to make him up there? I mean, how do you? Say everybody's here and he's here. What are, what's the differences? Because he can put into practice. Mm-hmm. He can put his mouth where his money is. He just won the Rocky Mountain chapter. He just won it last month. Mm-hmm. Like this guy can put what he preaches into action. Mm-hmm. He can show you that what he preaches is that's what it is, mm-hmm. and it works. But how does that make him top of the line and being safe like that? Because. Jared, Continual. I mean, would Jared be that guy? Could could he, he could be. be that top safety guy just by no. timing all these years? No. So there's something no, I'm else. Oh, oh, I'm like, <laughs> wait, you're you gonna have to. <laughs> you'll have to meet Axel, and there's no. just something about him. <laughs> yeah. There's something about him, the way he approaches situations, the way he okay. approaches everything. There's something about Axel that just makes him that guy. Mm-hmm. It just, it just that is, it That's is what fair. it is. Yeah, you just know when you know when you see somebody that has something special, man. Yeah. You're just like clicks with them. You yeah. got to have them. Like I'm in that same boat. You know, I get people that come through here all the time. You know, trainers or or, or uh, you know, I'm, I'm training individuals. They're coming through through the boot camps. They're coming through trainings or maybe individuals that come in through an assessment. And I'm like, man, they have something special. Like you can see it. Yep. You know, it's just that clicks. You know, whether it's their their attitude or you know the way they they can portray themselves. You know, yep. it's a, it's a gift. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's something they have. We have a lot of people like that in our company. Yeah. That's um, great. You know, Axel at the top. Then we just picked, Courtshire would just came back and he's going to be heading up north. You know, Courtshire would another, yeah. one of those Rocky Mountain chapter guys who's just been there, knows yeah. it. Great teacher. Yeah. He's up there teaching with Justin. Yep. Our guy. Yeah. Yep. They're teaching together. Yeah. And now, you know, Solomon, everyone knows Solomon. Mm-hmm. Solomon's a great dude. Great mm-hmm. trainer. You know, we have some new guy. We have the Ramirez brothers, great guys. We have uh, new guys, John Sullivan, young guy, full of full of fire, right? Yeah. Loves to do it right. You guys met John at the uh, at the yeah. comp, you know. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he's got his. He got his. Uh, what are the vipers? His pit, pit vipers. Pit vipers. Yeah. vipers. Yeah. We yeah. have and, you know, and he's 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 heavy on Instagram too. He has his 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 uh motivational talks yep. or whatever he does, you know? Yeah. John's a great up and comer. It's about let's, attitude. You know? Let's let's talk about uh, Missy Sue just came on here yep. and just waved and say hello. And I, I seen that she just left Mo Braids. Now she's at Rancho, you know, from that. Yep. Missy's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Missy and John I, are <laughs> awesome. I lived with Missy and John for like six months. Did you? Yeah. Okay. And let me tell you, you can't get any better people. Good people. They I, I don't are know awesome. them personally. I'm just, you know, I've seen them at the events. I say hi on Instagram, Facebook, back and forth like that. And they brighten up my day every single Their day. Their energy doesn't yeah. change. I, so I'm going to apologize since you guys are watching. John, I owe you a pair of pants, man. I know you hit me up for some pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming back to you. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, dude. 
Asshole. Missy, so I have a video on my hard drive of Missy dropping her first tree. And it was on a job that John and I were doing together with a massive crew mm-hmm. up in uh, Paradise. And where she was then to where she is now is a prime example of attitude, right? Nothing stopping her. That that woman will pick a target, and she will achieve that goal so awesome. no matter what it takes. You can't beat that. The drive is just incredible. Yeah. You know, who would have thought, you know, Missy's not young, mm-hmm. right? She's not. She, she looks young. She looks young and her attitude is young. Yeah. And she'll I tell you, up with her. she probably feels like, I mean, uh, Missy, don't don't kill me on this one. But she probably <laughs> feels like she's 25. You're calling her out right now. <laughs> Whatever. But, I mean, it is what it is, right? Yeah. We're not getting, we're not young people anymore. Mm, yeah. Right? Mm, I don't feel And it, she's she made a career change at that time of her life to go from counseling to being a ground woman. I think she's still counseling. Well, yeah, I mean, us, us tree guys, we're, we're screwed up. I think up. she's still counseling, that's for sure. Most, all of us. Yes, most of us are screwed up some way, shape, oh, or form. Man. Oh, man. But she made a career change, and yeah. she just, like, what are you thinking, right? That's what any normal person would have said. What are you thinking? And she just took it and just, like, here's what I'm thinking. I'm any yeah. better than you. Yeah. Go Who, for it. Who's the normal person, you know? I mean, she's living her life to the fullest. She yep. can make any decision yeah. you want. And sometimes in our life, when people in their life, they just think, I got to work this 30 years. I got to buy a house. I got to do the white picket fence. I got to have 2.3 kids. This is the way I'm supposed to go. And she's like, no, nope, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Two John, point, John. 2.3 kids. 2.3? I don't know. I'm way one, above one, that one. One, <laughs> one in the belly. I'm know. way above that one. Two and a half. Oh, half. by the way, a big shout out to Ray at Gap Arbor Supply. Just had another kid today. <laughs> Congratulations, but Ray. guys! If you if you guys don't know Missy, uh, I mean the whole show is not on Missy. I feel like we're turning in the, but she's an awesome person, yeah. follower Missy Sue sixty seven on Instagram. Uh, if you want to see her sing and dance and give motivational, <laughs> powerful speeches, uh, go follow her. Yes, go follow her. Okay. You won't find better energy. No, you won't. Yeah, no, she's. And we've we've talked. She's. Uh, her and John are going to come be on the podcast awesome. too. They're uh, such a power like, duo, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And the best thing is that's what you get mm-hmm. when you see Missy and John. That's what you get. They are straight so, up as they can be, and they know their shit. So I'm, I'm going to rewind a bit to go back to what does it take to you know we talk about you know building your team you know and you know changing people's perspective. Um, they're a great example of this. Yes, it's, they are. It's, it's, it's morale, mm-hmm. you know, building that morale, building that trust, building that culture. Um, you can feel it in their vibe, their energy, man. And I believe in that. I believe you could change your company. You, could, you can change your crew from whatever way you feel. You can change it. You, know? you, you and, can and train anyone to do anything you, yeah, with the right attitude. You're it's changing soft people. Soft yeah. skills, you know. You're changing people watching you on Instagram. You know, when I watch yeah. them, I'm just going, it's five o'clock in the morning. I want to shoot somebody, you know, and she's <laughs> yeah. up doing her dance. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's pretty okay. Well, yeah. it all goes, like you said, it just goes with attitude, yeah. right? You can train anyone to do anything skill wise, yeah. right? If they have the right attitude. Exactly. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm faced with this right now in my career, right? Building a training team, you know, and what I'm looking for, I could teach skills, you know, I'm, I'm confident in that because that's what I've been doing. 
what I'm looking for, I need people with really good attitudes that want this, that want to be in this for the long term, that want to give back, that can communicate, that can inspire, motivate, right? And these are the key things that I'm, my, my values for my team that I want. Yeah, I could take a badass with a the most arrogant bastard in the world. I can't do much with that. Right. Right? Can I trust them to go out and provide the same knowledge and information and passion, get the trust that I would want? Absolutely not. Right. Yep. Attitude means everything. And yep. you look at our team, right? So that's one of the things we look at. Kevin Kelly is a great example of good attitude. Another mm-hmm. Rocky Mountain chapter guy, yep. trained by Court Sherwood Damn early in Coloradans. They're they're freaking, yep. they're freaking they're, awesome. You take a look at someone like Kevin. And Kevin is a badass tree guy. Kevin can come on a site and take a crew that doesn't know anything or knows very little, very minimal, very traditional. Um, and by the time he's done leaving, because of the way he approaches it, the way he comes after their people, the way he gets the information across, it's repetitable. It's not, hey, I'm Kevin Kelly, you know, I'm the best in the world. It's, hey, I, I know how to do this. Here's how you're going to do it. Let's go ahead and try it. Mm-hmm. And he fixes the mistakes that they make right then and there. Mm-hmm. But it's not, hey, you have to do it this way. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There might be some minute changes that these people, that the guys are doing in the tree. As long as they're kosher, cool. Right. You don't have to do it exactly the way I'm doing it as long as your base skills are there. And that's the way Kevin approaches it. It's the way I approach it. Mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to come out and change a guy who's been climbing on taut line for 25 years. I'm not going to come out there and say, hey, you need to use a zigzag. Mm-hmm. Not going to do that. I'm going to hey, instead of you know thrusting up there and pushing your hand up, why don't you take this micro pulley and put this below that, mm-hmm. right? And have your ground guy help you up. Yep. Then we're going to do those subtle changes. Yep. I'm yeah, not going to come in there and force my way in and be like, hey, you need to be on a zigzag. It's going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's the attitude thing, mm-hmm. right? So I can come in there and be like, hey, you're going to do it this way, right? You're going to do it my way. I'm going to put you on a zigzag. You're going to climb like this. And you're not going to climb. Or I can make you want to learn, right? So I give you that micro pulley below that taut line, and now you're like, hmm, that's a little bit easier. You make them thirsty. Yeah, exactly. More. And then, you know, why do I want to untie this thing every time when I can just use a split tail, yeah. right? Now you can open up and go around them branches instead of taking all your time and retying, picking the proper tie-in points so you don't have to retie or split it open. You know, the continual little pushes yeah. in the right direction, you know, instead of coming in there and be like, you need to do it this way. Now they're going to make the decision on their own saying, hey, what else do you got? Mm-hmm. What else are you going to make me better? And then you get them to that point. That's it. I like it. I like it. It's all about attitude, though, right? It you is. Know? It's all about attitude means everything. It everything. Does. Everything. It, you can get anything accomplished with anybody. And any- you always have a good attitude, man. Try. I'm always happy to see your well, call come through and talk to you. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that. I mean, if you go talk to some people at the equipment shed right now, <laughs> it, so it's um, it's either a it's either an A B day, which is Angry Bill Day, <laughs> or it's a it's a a V A D very Angry Bill Day, um, and they put it up on the billboard. Get it? The billboard on the outside of the shack. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I guess I only seen you mad once, and that was uh, Aerial Rescue. Yep. I was, I was, yeah. He was not. Happy. I was not happy. I'm like not happy. I'm like, is this ABC day? Yeah, what no, happened? that was that was. But yeah. Don't don't you love it when people come up and still say great job? And you're like, you oh, do man, really I good. Like, well, I mean, it's not a great job, man. 
you have to take it with a grain of salt, right? You have to say thanks, you know. No, I know. Um, I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> so, Mike, yeah, you don't have to be. I'm a jerk. the king of bad days. You have oh, to. Yeah. You have to be yeah. polite, just, Jared. <laughs> yeah, you have to be polite. Um, going to the Western Chapter, by the way. Great job. Can't wait till next year. Yeah, you, Jared's putting the whole thing wait. on now. Yeah, yeah. can't I've wait. You got some big shoes. Me. You got some big shoes to fill. Oh, that's not a problem, man. I've been in this game with doing that, helping out for a lot of years, and you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to make it better. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be the same without Phil, though. Yeah, he'll, he'll still be there. Yeah, he'll, oh, he'll, 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 he'll still be there. Good, good, good. Yeah. good. Yeah. He's going to come. Um, so competition-wise, you know, competing is relatively new for me. You know, it's only in the last few years I've really, really got in there and start competing, and um. I don't really train. I, don't, I mean, I don't train like this guy does or did. Yeah, did. Did. Yeah. I, I don't. I I very rarely will get out there and go for a run or two or get up in the tree and train for a comp. Yeah. So my expectations for myself are, you know, middle of the pack. Mm. But coming out of Arizona the way I did uh, before the Western chapter, um, knowing that just a stupid mistake DQ'd me from the Masters in the Masters. I had expectations to really do well, yeah. and I should have taken them more seriously, you know. And AR is my thing, mm-hmm. right? I preach AR. I practice AR all the time. I train AR. I train scenario. I train as hard as I can for AR with every student that I have. And for that to happen at the comp was like, you're an idiot. Somebody should have been calling out time or something. You just you didn't know what time yeah. it was. It is what it is, right? Yeah. Next year. So what, it was, what can you give back to people about comp, um, you know, people listening that are on the fence about competing? What, what, would you, what would you tell them? Okay, so for me, for years, I was not into competitions. Like, I had some very harsh words to people that do a lot of comps, right? <laughs> Well, they're just doing. Jerry, he's just what, a prima what are you, donna. What are you, you trying climb? to be? A, what are you trying to be? An Abergina? Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. The, the he doesn't production climb. He's just a calm climber. That's it. He does it for a living. I've heard yeah. it all, man. You're not going to yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not even going to bother because I mean I was completely wrong with that yeah. mindset. Yeah. I was completely wrong because competitions, whether or not you do well placing, are super important to growth. You can learn a lot just by watching. You can learn a lot by doing, and you can learn a lot because not, like just by watching how one person ascends as opposed to the other is kind of like the middle road of yours. Or for me personally, my throw ball technique, so Jambo, right? My throw ball technique absolutely sucked up until Jambo. I mean, it was okay. But compared to the people I was going up against, sucked, like royally. Hmm. And uh, James was over there. James Earhart, right, yeah. and uh, I had just come off my arm surgery and shouldn't have been competing at all, period. My doctor kind of ripped my head open after after Jambo about that. But uh, I saw James, and I was like, whoa, like I, I need to go talk to him. So I went and talked to James, and uh, we worked on it for about an hour. Throw ball now, I'm happy Money. with it. I'm freaking happy with it. But uh, I wouldn't have done that if I didn't take – if Nick didn't give me the opportunity – if Nick Bonner didn't give me the opportunity to go to Jambo. Yeah. You know, and I'm thankful for that because I learned a lot at that Jambo, a lot. A lot about my climbing style, a lot about my technique, and really where I'm at compared to everybody else. Like, I wasn't as crappy as I thought I was. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't do well compared to the people that I was going against, you know. The return of the Mac, that that team is freaking stacked. Like, they're awesome. Everyone I was going against is awesome. Yeah. And uh, I didn't do that bad. 
And it kind of just right then and there was like, oh, damn, this is kind of important to do. And then it just progressed from there. And now I try to hit every damn comp I can. <laughs> you know, I may not do well on uh, some of them, but I may yeah. surprise myself on others, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's important. Whether or not you look at it as important as it is, because you can take a lot from it, even yeah. if you just go to watch. Well, it's inspiring, you know. What it does, it takes you out of that element of production and it brings you back to a different mindset of your 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 trade, your craft, your profession, and it, and it inspires you. And when you're there, when you come back off of that, it's such a high. It's a yep. rush, you know, and you can't wait to get back to work. You're like, man, yep. can't wait for the next one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work harder. I'm going to train harder. I'm going to be better, you know, and then, you know, you're just hoping for the next one to come quick enough yeah. to keep that high again so that that's an awesome point what you just said right it gives you that inspiration so everyone knows they went in the utility sector as a trainer in safety you kind of get sometimes you're in that rut where you have to just check those boxes and i was in that rut i sean and i went to georgia in uh i believe it was november to compete that was the last time i competed last year and i was in a rut through the winter, I was in a rut, and then we had the Tufelberger trip, right? So here I am in Florida with all the other ambassadors, and I'm just like, I'm like, awe, I'm awestruck, right? Mm-hmm. And I know them, but I've never got to climb with a lot of them, yeah. you know? And I was just like, holy shit, I'm learning a lot. And I get to spend time with John Trenchard, cool, right? John's an awesome, an awesome trainer from the UK. Got time to spend with him. Spend time with Brick. You want you want somebody with an attitude that you could really go for. Brick Riley's Brick the guy. Riley. Yeah, He's yeah. that dude is awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, I get to, you know spend time with Bo Bo Nagan, mm-hmm. um, Tonge. You know Tonge is just the holy crap. That dude is a ball of everything. <laughs> you know, I just got time to spend with all these people that I really didn't even feel like I should have been there. Like, cause they're like, to me, they're up here and here I am, you know, giving my two cents about product and development and stuff like that. But then we went to the comp day and I was right there. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, damn, I'm 42 <laughs> years old and friggin', uh, uh-huh. I did, I did something I never thought I'd ever do. Made you hungry for more. I went back Yeah. and I that, that whole inspiration thing, I went back and I'm like, we're on this now. I'm on the phone with Axel. I'm like, Hey, we got to we got to start getting some things going here, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they shoved me in the equipment shack. But that's, yeah. <laughs> they needed you there. there so, you what, so what's what's the next steps for Bill in this career? Where well, are you I going, don't know. man? You're just don't... waiting for another door to open? I mean, I mean, you're doing so much for Mowbray's. I mean, you're on the strike team, lead trainer. Uh, you're, you're overseeing saluting branches, you know, right now. I mean... Company's growing. You're in Florida. You went to Florida working, helping with those contracts down there. What's what's kind of the next step in your progression, your career? I don't know. What do you I, want it to be? I don't have a. I don't have an answer to that. Sometimes that's the best. I I, I kind of the way I'd like to say it is, um, I'll do whatever's necessary, right? So I'm in the equipment shack now. This was the third month in there. I'm sure yeah. it's not a shack. So there, there's necessary. <laughs> Actually, there's, it is. there's necessary for business and there's necessary for Bill. Right. Um, I will always say I need to be useful. So I'll do whatever it takes to be useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm not being used correctly, like if I'm, you're, if I'm not you're, be- a, you're a servant leader. <laughs> I try to be. Yeah. You know, if um, my, my goal is to, to grow the company, 
right? Make sure the company's on the right path. Make sure that we're doing everything right as much as we could. Growth, you know, making sure our guys are going to grow with us. The the biggest measure of a company is retention, right? Mm -hmm. If your employees like it and your employees are happy, Mm -hmm. your employees stay, that's a huge measure of a company. Yep. And that's what I focus on is making sure that everybody has what they need as much as I can. Obviously, I can't, I don't do anything with pay. I don't do anything with that stuff, but make sure you have the right training. Now I'm making sure you have the right gear. Uh, And wherever it goes from there, it is. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever the company requires, you know, whatever they ask me to do. Yeah. You know? That's great. So so what kind of uh, wisdom, tips from the top that you can give everybody? I mean, dude, I mean, just awesome career. I mean, how you got out here, what you're doing now. I mean, what you're doing at the Butte College. uh, uh, You know, we've had a couple students that have come through and, they're inspired by you. I mean, you've literally changed their mindset, their career, their knowledge to be able to go anywhere and be able to have a job in here because of 200 hours, five weeks of education that you dedicated in that person. Changed your life. That program's important. I'm, I'm happy that I was part of the DACOM yeah. uh, for a time getting that thing developed. Uh, I'm happy it actually came to fruition. I am happy that program came through. I would like to see it implemented a lot more. Mm-hmm. I would, but it, you have to find the pipeline. Yeah. You have to find out who's gonna who's gonna take five weeks of their own time, not get paid. Now they get paid. Well, see, I'm behind the times. Yeah. See? Now they get paid <laughs> three grand. You know that they get paid to go through that, so right. they can at least have enough to get through that five weeks. But it is it's right. sacrifice of five weeks not mm-hmm. getting paid. But if you can make it through that five weeks. You can almost get a yeah. job anywhere, man. Yeah. And Shoot. what I like is the consistency of training. Uh, no matter where you go, there's still consistency. But we can, like, I kind of take it kind of a little more personal level. Mm-hmm. I, For me, I think the curriculum gets taught better when I have a little more personal connection. I use my, my training and experiences. I use my videos from my helmet cam. I use stuff from the Internet. I, I kind of hone it in, like, Yes, it's nice and dry here, and it's dry to read here in your book, but here, how, here's what it looks like. Here's what the practical application is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that makes a better connection. And the, oh, the program is super important because you're taking someone green or sort of green, you know, may, maybe like the seas experience in the forest or something like that. So you take that uh, very minimal experience, we'll say, Instead of throwing them on a job site where everything is just super dynamic and everything's always changing, you're kind of you're giving them much needed education in the very dangerous situations they're going to be in. Yeah, the chipper, the chainsaw, ground operations are far more dangerous than they are up in the tree. Mm-hmm. And you you get them over that hump, get that mindset changed right off the bat for the safety culture, get that safety culture instilled from day one. Mm-hmm. And now you're already you're that five weeks of training. How long is it going to take for us to get that to them in the field? A year and a half, yeah. maybe two years to get the same quality training that you have there. Long time, and it's not even Long quality time. because by the time you go back to that person, what you trained six weeks ago isn't there. And who knows who they were watching in the field and what bad habits they're picking up? Right. you know, on this, you get to take them in for five weeks and start it right then. The one thing I wish they would add in that program is four or five more days after the five weeks. And get a class A, you know. So that's funny that you say that because um, with my program, with the program I was doing down San Bernardino, one of the goals 
we had for the student to become employable. Um, and I don't mean by Marbury's. I mean just in general industry was to at least have your class B permit. Mm-hmm. So we instilled in we structured inside the program itself to get the students to go on their own, give them the, the applications, give them the apps on their phone, tell them which ones to use, and we put that in our program ourselves. Good. And, and neat. the majority, so right now at the San Bernardino College that we're doing the program, we have a 90% placement rating. Wow. As of the last class. That's awesome. Like That's, that's some serious numbers right there. Yeah. You know, and we put a lot of people to work. And you have three of them. Yeah, I do. All girls. <laughs> you got three of them. Three girls. Um, so what what kind of wisdom can you share to everybody out there? What's what's like the thing, the the the, the Bill Burley just pump up motivation, like wisdom that you can give them? Low and slow. Low and slow. Low and slow. Low and slow. Yep. That's about that's about the biggest chunk of wisdom you ever need is low and slow. Um, I I say a lot beginning of the college classes, and uh, it all equates to low and slow. Don't get ahead of yourself. Mm-hmm. Stay in your lane. You know, learn. Don't mm-hmm. be in a rush. You know, you have to. You know, <laughs> you hear my baby in the background. <laughs> you know, you have to learn to crawl. Yeah. before you can walk and you have to learn to walk before you run you know and no matter how you look at it you have to do that you have to start off just on your back learn how to flip over learn how to crawl around learn how to walk from there and then you can go run mm-hmm. but if you don't do those steps if you go from being on your back to running yeah all that stuff you should have learned everything's a progression yeah. you're, gonna, you're, you're gonna fail a lot more in between yeah Mm-hmm. And yeah. it only and we all know that in this industry it just takes one failure that's and that good. could be it. Yeah. That's yeah. great, man. Well, dude, I, I appreciate you coming here and being oh, on the I show. I enjoyed this. We've planned this for a long time. Yes, we have. You know. Long, long time. And coming here and, and being here, it's uh it, it was this was good, man. It, it, hearing some of your stories, uh hearing two thousand eighteen, I mean that's a wow. That, yeah. that, that's a reality check right there from hopefully it's a reality check for a lot of people listening and they can learn from that and, and hear, um, and, and hopefully make some changes like that. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. I get to spend a little time with you tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Topia, you know, and, uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be a good time. And you definitely got to come back on and come back up here and, or I'm going to come down there and we're going to yeah. get Ricky. We'll get Axel on the show and, John and maybe Missy will come down and, and be on the show too. But that, that'd be a good good time for that. But I do. I appreciate you being here, brother. No, I, I appreciate do. you guys having me. And this Absolutely. is uh been on my, my thing to do list. And, uh, <laughs> You're here, man. I'm You're, here. You're and, at uh, the table. I'm table in, made by I'm Jared Albertina. Impressed with your uh boxy work good? here. This wasn't just me. I gotta I gotta give a shout out to Manic Woodshops, Giselle. I mean, we we worked on this together. It was a pain in the ass but we got it done yeah and here it is you know there were some <laughs> like imperfections it. and some things they weren't happy with but i'm like that's right. imperfections that's are us. okay this yeah. is us it's a story this yeah imperfections are okay this yeah. is it this is a table that will be around probably for a long time everywhere <laughs> we go so. yeah, I because so. i don't yeah. think you can get rid of it yeah. <laughs> no can't move it heavy <laughs> no, that's it that's it that's it yeah. oh cool oh we appreciate you man it's uh you're doing a lot of good for this industry and you know as trainers we know a lot of people don't know 
what the sacrifice it takes to be be a trainer and and do what we do and um you know some people think of it as oh man you're just you know finding the easy way out and there's nothing easy about it no no there isn't yeah some days i think about man i I could just go back and be in a production tree guy but uh i said it every day yeah (laughs) but what what good am i doing what movements am i making for the industry and you know how am i saving lives i'm not you know so i appreciate you for that man yeah thank you no, you don't have to thank me, buddy. You yeah. know, we all we all we're on the same we're on the same page here. It's the way yeah. things get done. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, appreciate you, man. Well, guys, listen, that's the show, man. If you liked it, share it. You know, uh, man, what an inspiring story and and a bunch of wisdom that was thrown at you. And uh, you guys took today, uh, and hopefully you'll be able to take this and implement it in your own life. Now go share it with somebody else that's out there. But. Uh, Till next time, remember to continue to keep elevating the standard, the industry. Oh, no, oh, oh, I have to, I have to say it. Hey, Travis, I'm sitting in your chair. <laughs> <laughs> this is the goat, Travis, not you, not you, Travis. So he said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Travis said he was the goat. I didn't say it. Travis said that. So, guys, continue mm. to elevate the standard of our industry through safety, training, and innovation. We appreciate everybody. Until next time. Peace out. Peace. Peace. There it is. Bye. (laughs)